welcome to episode 4 of the Pharma Forum podcast. My name is Dominic Tyre and I'm Pharma Forum's Creative Director. In this episode, I spoke to Dr Joe Wiley, who co-founded UK-based Amrit Pharma in 2015, following a 20-year career that spanned the pharmaceutical, medical and venture capital industries, and included time as Estellas Pharma's Medical Director, as well as investment roles at Spirit Capital. Joe talked about his company's strategy to commercialise treatments for rare and ultra-rare conditions, Amrit's busy year of milestones in 2018, and what the future holds for the young biopharmaceutical company. He also shared details of a fascinating clinical trial data collaboration with Amicus, focusing on the greater patient good. You can find more details of this episode, including a download link to the podcast and information about other instalments in the series at pharmaforum.com forward slash podcast. The podcast is also available on iTunes, where you can find and subscribe to it by searching for Pharma Forum. Joe, welcome to the Pharma Forum podcast. I wonder if we can start perhaps with, you can tell me a little bit more about uh, Amrit Pharma and how and why the company was set up in 2015. Uh, sure, Dominic, and thanks for having me. Um, yeah, we set up Amrit Pharma in, um, in August 2015, and the strategy behind the company was A, to focus on rare and orphan diseases, and B, to acquire, develop, and commercialize products. Um, so from the outset, we... We didn't want to be a research company, but rather we wanted to be a commercial-focused company um, that acquired products that other people had developed um, and then be really excellent at um, getting those products uh, approved and reimbursed and commercialized. That was the strategy behind the company. And and did did you have uh, particular rare or orphan diseases in mind when you started the company, or was it more broadly a case of looking at, at what opportunities presented themselves to you? Yeah, no, there wasn't a particular uh, rare orphan disease we, we, were, we were focused on in, in setting the company up, albeit we, we focused very early on epidermolysis bullosa or EB, which I'll, I'll, I'll tell you about. But really what we wanted to do was to put the patient at the centre of, of the strategy of the business. In rare and orphan diseases, as, as you know, unlike common diseases where if you have, for example, blood pressure, you have any amount of, of different uh, options in terms of treatment for that condition. In rare and orphan diseases, there's often little or indeed no uh, option for, for patients who, who happen to have a rare orphan disease. And therefore, there's a very high unmet, unmet medical need. And we felt that was wrong, and we, we wanted to be a part of the solution to try and create a, a, a therapeutics or bring the therapeutics rather to market for these patients. So you're now about uh, three years into the, the lifetime of, of Amrit Pharma since you, since you set up. How has the company's strategy evolved o- over those years? Uh, not not uh, in terms of, of what we wanted to achieve. We wanted to be a commercial company from the outset. And three years ago, we were a startup with two people. So that, again, speaks to that strategy I mentioned to you about focusing on acquiring products and and indeed other companies, and then bringing those products through to market. And as a, as a very small company at the time, by focusing again on, on rare and orphan diseases, create a commercial company and bring these products to market. Because if you think about it, if there's very small numbers of patients, that also means very small numbers of treating physicians in very small numbers of centres. So we could have a commensurately uh, small commercial footprint to be able to bring those products to patients. And, and we're, 
we're proving that by doing. Uh, we licensed our, our first commercial stage asset, Lojuxta, which treats a rare disease called homozygous familial hypercholesterolemia, or HOFH, in December 16. And we are now commercializing that product very successfully across Europe and across the Middle East. Okay, and so mention of uh, Lojaxta then well, brings us neatly on to 2018, and it, it's clearly been quite a busy year for, for, for the company. What have been the, the key achievements, would, would you say, that have particularly stood out for yourself? As I said, Dominic, the, the strategy is to acquire, develop, and commercialise products. So we achieved both a, a new acquisition during 2018, where we in-licensed a new gene therapy asset for epidermolysis bullosa, and we also grew our, our sales of Lojuxta quite considerably. And indeed, uh, we're, we're successful and very pleased to see access for patients in the UK with a positive decision from NHS England and NICE uh, during, during the period. We have three, three pillars uh, in our business of growth. Our first pillar is, is to grow our Lojuxta business. So we've done that very well during 2018. Our second pillar... Is, is to develop our EB pipeline, and we have an asset in phase three in EB, that's AP 101, and we've, we've progressed that study well, and as I said, we've in-licensed the, the, the gene therapy asset. And then the third pillar of growth is to complete further acquisitions, and as I said, we in-licensed that, that, that gene therapy pod during the year. So I, I guess we've, we have enhanced each pillar of growth of our strategy during 2018. Looking at the uh, gene therapy then that you've, you've in, in licensed, can you tell me a bit about the, the challenges that perhaps you've faced so far or that you, maybe you, you'd expect to face in, in terms of commercialising a gene therapy as it's not, not a, clearly a, a very well-established area yet within the, the healthcare sector? Yeah, Dominic, a good point. Uh, we, we believe um, on the cusp of a wave, which is a, a tremendously exciting area of medicine that's really just just opening up right now, that is gene therapy. Uh, obviously, there are some great examples of companies that, that have, have done very well and brought products through to market uh, recently. Our product is, is different and uh, in, in that it, it does not require a viral vector. The majority of other gene therapy products on, out there require a viral vector. This is a non-viral approach, so it's a novel approach. It uses a hyperbranched polymer technology that is applied topically to the skin and in our preclinical models it shows great efficacy at uh, uh, producing the collagen 7 that is lacking in, in recessive dystrophic EB patients and for that collagen 7 to go to the right part of the skin in, in our preclinical models. So we're, we're tremendously excited about it and we are conducting further confirmatory testing right now which we expect to have the data for in Q4. And in terms of commercialization, um, we believe that having a, a simple polymer technology will be of benefit. And also, uh, because our product is going to be, will, will likely be required to be repeated uh, applications over time, we believe that having a polymer technology will be an advantage in that scenario. So we're very pleased about it and very excited about the future. And in, in terms of uh, Lojuxta, so that treats particular ultra-rare, life-threatening genetic condition. So I guess that, that must throw up some uh, interesting challenges for, for yourselves in terms of uh, access to treatment and access within, within rare diseases. Can you, can you tell me a bit about your, your experiences of, of access within uh, rare diseases? Yes, yeah, sure. Uh, so access uh, to 
products for rare diseases can be challenging and indeed has become a little bit more challenging over time in that our processes in, in place in, in each individual country. We, we commercialise across Europe and the Middle East and each individual country has their own way of granting access to patients who are in desperate need of therapy, some of, of which are, are more efficient, frankly, than others. We're, we're very pleased, though, that we have had a significant success across our territories, and I believe that one of our core skill sets as a business uh, has been the, the expertise that we've, we've brought into the business that has, has allowed us to successfully navigate the reimbursement landscape across multiple jurisdictions. And we understand that it's not a one-size-fits-all, but rather a bespoke solution is required to uh, commercialise in, in, in each individual country. Um, and that often involves a, a holistic approach, including engaging significantly with, with patients and with pa patient advocacy groups. groups. For example, we, were, we, are, we are very engaged with Heart UK in the UK, and they were uh, tremendously helpful in terms of helping us with, uh, with our submission to NHS England for Lundjuxta and HOFH, um, and also engaging with government, uh, etc., in order to, and, and indeed with the media, in order to highlight the social injustice that, that exists. And what I mean by that is that social injustice is, is as I, I described it earlier, that if you have a rare disease, it's, it's unfair that you often have no option at all or, or limited options, whereas if you have common disease, there are many options. So, so really it's, it's that entire expertise that I believe that our, we've, we've brought in very successfully and developed very successfully within Amherst. And it's, it's really that expertise that we find that potential partners are interested in partnering with us for because it's relatively uncommon uh, to have that degree of expertise, particularly in, in, a, in a small company like ours. And uh, in, in terms of Lodjuxta and um, NHS England, and of course you, you won uh, funding approval in, I think it was July this, this year for, for the treatment, presumably as part of that it had to pass through the NHS's specialist commissioning process. I wonder, were there any lessons that you, you, you noted in, in having to move the product through the NHS specialist commissioning process? Well, as I said, the, the biggest, the most important uh, component of that is to have that holistic approach that, that I've mentioned to you, uh, that engaging with, with NHS England, with NICE, with government, with the patient advocacy groups, etc., uh, and making sure that all stakeholders are engaged in the process and all aligned in terms of trying to bring drugs which are really needed for these patients who, who are desperate for therapies to the market. Everyone is aligned in terms of, of wanting that to happen. It's really a case of, of coordinating that and ensuring that that, that alignment happens in, during the process. And we're very pleased that we were able to do that. And then for, for one of your other development uh, assets, you, you had an interesting collaboration, an interesting deal that, that you struck with, with Amicus Therapeutics. So I think, I believe they ran a trial of their own and then actually granted you data to be able to use the, the information from this phase three clinical study. How did that come about and can you tell me a bit more about that uh, that deal? Yeah, I wouldn't call that a deal as such. Actually, it's not, it's not a deal. What it is is an incredibly generous act on behalf of Amicus Therapeutics for which they should be accoladed enormously. It is a great example of a company 
doing something which um, is in the best interest of, of patients that they didn't have to do. So what happened was after the Essence trial, Amicus Essence trial data was, was uh, released in EB, we reached out to Amicus and asked John and the team there, could we come and talk to them about their study uh, and their experience in e- of conducting at what, at what was at the, at the time the largest study conducted in EB. Given that we were now conducting our own very large study, in fact, we will now conduct the largest study in EB. So that was a tremendous opportunity for us to talk to a group which had just gone through that and frankly was the only real data set out there available that we could we could look at. Amicus did not have to at all open their data to us, but as I said, they were enormously generous and acted in the best interest of patients, which really doesn't surprise me given given that companies that company's culture. But they opened that data to us, very generously allowed us to learn from their experience of, of their study. And that has really helped us to understand what we are likely to expect in our study. And indeed, because of that, we adjusted somewhat uh, the parameters of our study from the learnings we had from, from looking at the, the amicus data. So I think this is a tremendous example of, of collaboration between companies uh, who are both focused on, on, on bringing drugs to patients and therapeutics to patients who have no other option in rare diseases, acting in the best interest of patients. And I, I, I think Amicus deserves to be accolated, as I said, enormously for that. Mm, absolutely. It's, it's a lovely story of it, it, industry collaboration for the, for the great, greater good. So I mean, that think that quite nicely brings us more or less up, up to date after what's clearly been a very busy year for, for your company. There's still still a few months left in 2018. It'll be 2019, obviously, before before we know it. So uh, look at, looking ahead then to the, the end bit of this year and, and on into to next year, what does your company have, have planned? Yeah, so, so Dominic, I mentioned our, our three pillars of, of growth. So by way of reminder, those pillars are commercial business to drive our commercial business, and, and we will... We have, in fact, doubled our Logioxta business in 18 months since we, since we acquired that product. We're, we're very proud of that fact, bringing access to patients across uh, our territories of Europe and the Middle East, and, and we will continue to drive that. We, second, will con- to, to continue to develop uh, our EV pipeline. Uh, as, I, as I said to you, we have a asset in phase three, um, and we have a, a, a gene therapy asset which is coming behind that. Asset in phase three is called AP101, and we have an unblinded interim efficacy analysis due in Q4 this year. That's an important point for us because that unblinded look will allow us to see if the study is, is continuing. Obviously, it's not unblinded to us as sponsor, but rather to the SMB. But that will allow us to... Uh, either continue the study as is, or indeed adjust the sample size if necessary, depending on what the, the statisticians see at that at that interim efficacy analysis data point in Q4. So that's an important point. And then we expect top line data from that study in Q2 next year. And then the third pillar of the strategy is to go and acquire further products. And we are in active discussion with a number of companies to partner with those companies to help bring those products to patients in desperate need with rare and orphan diseases across our, our territories of Europe and the Middle East. So we're, we're very pleased how the company has developed to date and indeed how 2018 has gone and we look forward to the rest of 2018 and beyond. 
Okay, well, Joe, thank you very much. So I mean, that brings us to towards the end of this episode of the Pharma Forum podcast. It certainly sounds like it's exciting times for Amrit Pharma. Joe, thank you very much for joining me. Thank you, Dominic. And that's it for this episode of the Pharma Forum podcast. I hope you enjoyed my chat with Dr. Joe Wiley from Amrit Pharma on the biopharmaceutical company's strategy and work in the rare diseases and gene therapy space. You can find more details of this episode, including a download link for the podcast and information about other installments in the series at pharmaforum.com forward slash podcast. The podcast is also available on iTunes, where you can find and subscribe to it by searching for Pharma Forum. And don't forget to visit our website to sign up for daily or weekly email pharmaceutical news and analysis bulletins. And follow us on Twitter, where we are at Pharma Forum. Thanks for listening, and we'll see you next time.